I'm a gun lover, a veteran, and a family man. I believe in the Second Amendment and responsible gun ownership. I'm Skip, and this is Gunsmoke. Hey, y'all, we're back. I was just reading this article in Shooting Times. It was by a fellow by the name of Reed Cofield. Uh, it was about making brass. How the incredible cartridge case is made is quite a story. And uh, I says, I got to reading this. I says, this guy's talking about me. This is my story. I mean, I mean, am I in like a parallel universe with this guy? Karmologically entwined? I don't know. But, uh... It just felt like uh, it was my story, and I wanted to share it with you. So, like, again, it's, it's a nice story by Reed, and uh, I thought I'd pass it along. It says, I'll admit it, I'm a scrounger and a brass hog. I'm the kind of guy who has a stockpile of once-fired 35-caliber uh, Remington brass. I've been accumulating for years, but never, ever owned a gun chambered for the 35 Remington. I'm the guy who will pick up a discarded brass at the local range without even thinking about it and later wonder how the heck I ended up with 380 ACP cases in my pocket when I was shooting my 45. Well, there's just something about the, uh, a cartridge case that uh, makes me pick it up. I'm the same way. I just can't believe it. Part of that is probably goes back to my introduction into reloading when I was 16 years old. I bought a Lyman Ammunition Maker reloading set in order to keep myself in ammo for an old 1903 A3 Springfield. I can confidently claim that I produced some of the worst ammunition ever fired using that nutcracker hand tool. Uh, that I had absolutely nothing to do with the equipment I used. It was purely a matter of my skill or lack of it. Thank God I... Uh, Never realized at the time just how bad my ammo was because my shooting skills weren't much better than my ammo. Even now in my 60s, I still shoot, reload, and pick up brass. Not too long ago, during a reloading session down in my shop, I was looking at some 223 cases. They had been reloaded a number of times and were uh, ready to be discarded. In several instances, the necks had cracks where they were beginning to separate from the case body. Uh, as I looked at those cases, it got me to thinking. I had been reloading for close to 50 years, but I knew darn little about how cartridge cases are made. That, I decided, was going to change. Fortunately, living in central Missouri, I, I'm not all that far from the town of Sedalia, which happens to be the home of Starline Brass. I personally am a big fan of Starline Brass. It's good stuff, and I... Just bought 300 357 cases. Good stuff. Check them out. But anyway, Starline is well known for the premier producers of cartridge cases for both commercial and private use. It all took uh, was all it took was a cell uh, a phone call, and I was set for a tour. Robert Hayden Jr., the vice president and general manager, gave me a tour and also answered a multitude of questions helping me develop a better understanding of the deceptively simple brass cartridge case and how it's made. It turns out to be quite a story. Now, making brass the Starline way. 
cartridge cases can be made of a variety of different metals uh, and other materials. For example, they can be, and sometimes are, made of aluminum alloy or steel or even plastic. They don't have to be made of brass. However, brass has unique qualities that make it the best material in most situations for commercial cartridge cases. It's malleable and uh, in that it can be easily formed or shaped. It also uh, be readily heated and uh, heat treated to control the hardness. It's relatively inexpensive and available. Brass also lends uh, itself to reuse, which is a major factor for guys like us who reload. The brass is uh, used in the cases as an alloy made up of copper and zinc. Copper makes up about 70% of the alloy and zinc constitutes the remaining 30%. And this is pretty standard throughout the ammunition industry. Just to put this in perspective, most jacketed bullets are made with a jacket of uh, gilding metal, which is generally about 95% copper and 5% zinc. Zinc is used because it adds hardness to the alloy. Copper alone would be far too soft to withstand either normal handling or extreme pressures in inherent to modern cartridges. The process of making a cartridge case begins at an automatic punch where uh, dies are used to punch out small brass cups from sheets of brass alloy. The size and specific dimensions of the brass cups will uh, vary depending on the cartridge case. A 460 Smith & Wesson Magnum cartridge case takes a much bigger cup than a 30 uh, caliber Luger case. Starline uses 10 different size cups using uh, the optimal size cup allows uh, for minimal waste and or excessive metal that will have to be removed during the manufacturing process. The brass cups are further formed in vertical presses using precision ground dies where from two to four times. Uh, the process is, uh, is called a vertical draw. Even though these presses uh, can exert tons of pressure, there is a limit on how much the metal cup can or should be shaped at any one step of the draw. If you exceed that limit, you'll damage your forming dies and will definitely have inconsistencies in the wall thicknesses of your cases. As the brass goes through the drawing or shaping process, it changes and becomes harder. This is called work hardening. Consequently, the cases have to be annealed or softened between each draw to maintain a consistent and appropriate hardness. Annealing is done by heating the cases in a furnace to a temperature of approximately 1100 degrees Fahrenheit and then quenching them with a water bath. Why, why is annealing so important? Well, the alloy consistency and hardness are directly related to the uh, uniform case wall thickness. For more uniform and control the hardness throughout the manufacturing process, the more consistent the case wall thickness will be. It also has a major impact on the strength, durability, and life of the cartridge case. The number of times you anneal your cases is one of the most critical areas where manufacturers have different standards. Makers of top quality cases such as Starline anneal multiple times and don't even consider cutting back on these critical steps even though it would obviously save time and money. After drawing, the cases are cleaned in large tumblers that look like concrete mixers. Cleanliness of the case is important in manufacturing because it prevents damage to forming dyes and ensures that the cases are free of scratches and other blemishes. The cases are then trimmed in semiotic lathes 
semi-automatic lathes. Some manufacturers trim their cases by pinching or shearing the mouth of the case. Use of a lathe with a precision ground cutter ensures that the case mouth is always smooth and even. It also gives the manufacturer greater control over the length of the case. Trimming is followed by another cleaning and then the cases are headed. Heading is the process in which the case head is formed. Basically, the head is shaped by swedging or striking the closed end of the cartridge case with a heavy punch. During this process, the primer pocket is also formed, and the head stamp or identifying information is impressed on the rear face of the cartridge case. Heading is also serves to impart the proper hardness to this critical area of the cartridge case, though uh, through work hardening. The punches used to form the primer pocket are very important. Small, very subtle variations in angle, diameter, and overall shape of these punches can and will make a big difference in the uniformity of the diameter, depth, and radius of the primer pocket. Once the primer pocket has been formed, the case head is then turned, and during the turning, a lathe is used to cut the rim and the extractor groove. It's during this step while cutting the extractor groove that the thickness of the rim is set. After inspection, the cases are vented. Now, venting is uh, the set where the uh, flash hole is punched between the primer pocket and the inside of the cartridge case. Starline uses some very ingeniously designed tooling to ensure a burr-free and properly centered flash hole. In addition, the company uses a laser to check each and every case to make sure that the flash hole is properly centered in the, and fully formed. The case is then trimmed to the uh, finished length on uh, one of many automatic lathes. As before, this machine ensures that the case mouth is perfectly square and has a nice smooth finish. If the case uh, is a bottleneck design, such as a 308 or 30-06, the case also again uh, goes again through a heat treating and the neck is formed in the swagging dies. After that, the cases are cleaned, polished, and given a final inspection. In one sense, the actual process is fairly straightforward, easy to follow, and simple to understand. As Hayden pointed out, anyone with the proper tooling can make a cartridge case. The trick is, is to make a good one. Not all, ca all cartridge cases are the same, and that applies to manufacturers as well. When I first sat down with Hayden, I showed him some unfired cartridge cases from another maker. Several of these were brand new cases that uh, had vertical cracks. It didn't even uh, take him more than a moment after examining them to, to point out that they were too hard and had not been properly heat treated. In addition, the quality control at this other company had obviously been pretty minimal since these cracked cases had been, uh, been packaged, shipped out, and eventually received by a customer, which happened to be me. Good manufacturing is not just tooling or machines. It involves attention to the smallest detail and rigorous adherence to a very high standard of performance. Good enough just won't cut it if you want to produce a superior product. If you have, uh, if you have to have a real commitment, and this has to be shared by everyone from head guy in the corner office on down to the fellows running the machines. Everybody in the shop has to be on the same page. One of the things I did notice was I watched various stages of cartridge uh, case production as the incredible number of times men and women check the cartridge cases with micro micrometers and various other gauges. At each individual stage, 
there were numerous quality control checks. In addition, I saw folks periodically checking the micrometers and gauges. That redundancy is essential if you want to make cartridge cases That's, uh, that are better than just good enough. Some companies use machines that you can almost uh, feed brass into one end and they spit out completed cases at the other. That can be fine for saving time and getting max production, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can get the best quality. If something goes wrong somewhere inside that machine, will you be able to catch it? Maybe you will, maybe you won't. The folks at Starline deal with the sort of potential problem in a number of ways. Each machine operator is constantly checking the cases as they come off his or her machine. The machine itself is also being constantly monitored to ensure that it hasn't slipped out of adjustment or that the tooling hasn't worn or developed a flaw. As the cases are moved about uh, from one machine to another, they're kept in batches in what are called containment trays. These are constantly checked, and if a flaw is found, in even one case, the entire tray is scrapped. If there's a problem, they find it and quickly isolate it. Another feature I found to be interesting and reassuring as a consumer is that documentation that accompanies each batch of cartridge cases. At each step of the overall procedure, one person running the machine or in charge of a particular process, such as heat treating, had to personally sign and date this work record. If there's a problem or if there's a flaw is found in the cartridge cases, the folks at Starline could determine exactly when it happened and who was responsible. This means they can correct problems and also by making everyone accountable. They avoid problems in the first place. At any one time, seven or eight different calibers or cartridge cases are in production at Starline. And it uh, can take anywhere from 20 hours to change, up, uh, change and set up the machines when switching from one caliber to another. Currently, Starline produces over 92 different calibers, and more will be added as time goes along. Starline, as one of the smaller cartridge cases manufacturers, is in the unique position of being able and very flexible and quick to respond to consumer demand for new cases. A small outfit like Starline can be much more flexible, but even here they look, uh, have a look at the potential demand. Yeah, I might have a great idea with my Wildcat 432 Super Whizbang cartridge, but will anyone else will care to want it? Probably not. The tool up, uh, to tool up for a new cartridge case at Starline looks uh, for a minimum production run of between 100,000 and 200,000 cases. If the demand is less than that, they simply can't justify the production cost. They'll lose money on the project, and in, in today's business climate, you just can't do that. So, I guess my 432 Super Whiz Bang will just have to wait. I left the Starline with a great appreciation for what it takes to make a good cartridge case. I hadn't realized just how many individual steps there were in these machines and people were involved in, in just manufacturing out of decept a deceptively simple cartridge case. I also had not fully appreciated the more subtle aspects of the manufacturing process. The way in which a manufacturer can use and control the natural tendency of brass to work hard and to obtain a specific hardness uh, to certain parts of the case was absolutely amazing. 
it was fascinating for me to see with just very slight modifications to tooling, the flash hole or primer pocket could be altered. I'll probably keep scrounging brass wherever I go to the range. I'm just too old and set in my ways to change. However, I've definitely learned to appreciate the difference between the typical piece of mass-produced brass I pick up and a premium custom cartridge case. It's like the difference between the family sedan and a high-performance sports car. Both will get you from point A to point B, but one is a lot more enjoyable to use and will give you that little extra bit of performance when you need it. Maybe that free-range brass is not all that much of a bargain after all. I personally, myself, will keep picking it up because it's great for plinking with a 223 and a lot cheaper than buying it all the time. Anyway, I just thought I'd like to share that with you. I thought it was a very good story. And uh, Mr. Reed, uh, my hat's off to you because you said it all for me. Reed Cofield, didn't uh, that was a really good story. If you want to read it, it's in Shooting Times and it's making brass how the incredible cartridge case is made. It's quite a story. Anyway, if you got any bitches, stripes, or complaints, feel free to shoot me an email at uh, gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M smoke at yahoo.com, all lowercase. Until next time, I'm looking forward to hearing it.